Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. We are continuing, friends, with our Easter podcast series. This episode is once again an interview with an individual who's doing really fascinating and interesting work. I'm sitting down with the executive director of Veteran Servants Corps Project, Vicki Dobb, um, to talk about her incredible work with veterans, but not only that, also her faith story that kind of led to this moment and this work that she's doing. And all along the way, we're going to be noticing um, resurrection popping up within her story. That's the thing about this entire Easter season is it's an invitation to see the ways that Jesus's resurrection doesn't just happen in the past, but it's something that continues to happen in our lives day after day. God is always at work bringing new life. And as you listen to this interview with Vicki, I think you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. As always, friends, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing this with family and friends. We really hope that the podcast can be a source of, of help to your faith journey in the days between Sunday mornings, that this can be a recharge, if you will, or just something interesting to listen to while you drive to work, while you wash the dishes, while you mow the lawn, whatever it might be. Uh, please feel free to leave us a review on the iTunes store. That always does help other people find it. Or just share these episodes on your Facebook page. Uh, all are great ways to alert other people to the podcast, and we really appreciate your help. But now I'm going to turn it over to Vicki Dobb, the executive director of the Veteran Servants Corps Project, as we talk about resurrection. Hey, welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this Together for Good podcast. We are continuing our Easter series where we're speaking with people and asking this question, what does resurrection look like? We have a real treat today. Sitting here with me is Vicki Dobb. Vicki is a longtime member here at Bethany Lutheran Church, but Vicki recently um, started and now serves as the executive director of the Veteran Servant Corps Project. Vicki, welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me to come in. You bet, Vicki. This is going to be a lot of fun. I wanted to bring Vicki on um, to talk about her really important, really interesting ministry because it does play well within this theme of what resurrection can look like today. But even before we get to that, Vicki, you have got to tell us a little bit about your story, your call to ministry, because there are some real resurrection themes just in getting you to this point, I know. So please, just give it, start at the very beginning or as best you can about kind of how you ended up here, and, and let's talk about resurrection along the way, okay? All right, so what I remember is the first is what started this ministry in the first place. And my husband, Larry, who's a retired Air Force vet, and I were sitting here on Thanksgiving Eve in 2011 at Bethany. Mm. And there was a guest speaker by the name of Michael Peterson who informed us that 20 veterans complete suicide every day in our country. 20? 20 veterans every a day. day. A oh day. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Larry and I were not sitting together, but when we got in the car, we felt a call to action. We felt God top, uh, tapping us on the shoulder. Absolutely. Well, and that's just such a tragic statistic when you yes. really sit and think about it of 20 people a day completing suicide and these are folks who served our country who protected and defended us and we know i mean i'm sure you've got a lot of good statistics for us as well about um just mental health and the continued struggles for veterans um ptsd i'm sure we've heard a lot about as well and so then you get this really stark statistic right. on thanksgiving eve and, and larry as a veteran he wasn't even aware of just the plight of his brothers and sisters in arms, as they would say. So, so talk about too. I mean, what 
that was way back in 2011. What did you initially do to kind of respond to this real need that was, you know, staring you both in the face and this, in the sense of God calling you to do something about it? So we used good old Google and we found that there was an organization right here in the Denver area that was um, providing no cost retreats for veterans, military oh, members wow. and their families. Yeah, yeah. And so we got in touch with this organization and went up in January 2012, just about six weeks later, to see how we might help. And so we went up in a volunteer vein and that meant that we were interacting with these families um, and cooking in the kitchen and just hanging out with them. Yeah. Oh, so that's so neat. So it just kind of started in this real relational sense. You were just oh. going to kind of just spend time with them. You knew this retreat place. You're going to provide for them and give them care. Right. And what we watched, and we saw it happen over the course of the first six months of 2012, these families would come in on the first night and would be despondent and hopeless. But even by Sunday, Sunday at lunch, and Sunday at lunch seemed to become, a, we saw a huge difference, not only in the parents, but the kids. That's amazing. Well, From the programming, that just in that short amount. Just in of time, that short amount they of time. Have hope. Exactly. Well, and that's. <laughs> I love that you're describing that because that's so much of how, of how I understand resurrection as well. Um, like, like just thinking about the pieces of it, it was such a relational thing that you and Larry did. Yes. Just spending time cooking good food, right, and, and that that can have a healing effect for these veterans Absolutely. who are in deep needs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and well, it's, it's just so funny to think about what Jesus does post-resurrection, yep. right? Like Jesus rises from the tomb, and then he just kind of shows up and talks with people. And I, I love, everyone knows that I love the story of Jesus appearing on the beach when the disciples are fishing. And he says, hey, come and have breakfast. John 21, 12. It's my favorite verse in the Bible. Jesus said, come and have breakfast. But right, like that he just, that's what he does. He's just he like, kind of showing up. Um, they're, you know, locked away in despair and hopelessness. And Jesus is like, no, I'm going to appear. I'm going to be with you. We're going to eat together. And that's, that's not, there's not much more that he does beyond that. And that's what we were doing. Yeah. And that brings, like you said, new life and hope to these veterans at that time. That's amazing. Oh, I love that you would... Just describe it that way. Okay, so that's that's 2012. We're still a ways away. Yeah. So you've so been then, doing these retreats, you know, just kind of showing up, being a person. Right. And yeah. this organization decided that they needed more than just, because we were in the Colorado Rockies, but they needed more than just fun stuff. They need some programming mm -hmm. to help both the youth and the adults reconnect. So then we um, found an, or well, actually, they found for us an organization, and we started teaching healthy mar marriage classes in 2013. Oh, wow. And that was that specifically for that, veterans? And it was for anybody at those retreats. And right then, they were only in Colorado. So we started, we, we had to be trained, so we did the curriculum in, in uh, the fall of 2012, cool. and we started teaching in 2013. Now, what's amazing, the resurrection about that, I'd never heard about Larry's service in the Air Force. He never talked to you about it. Never talked to me about it. Huh. But I started getting bits, snippets as I listened to him or as I was in these rooms, him telling stories that I'd never heard to other veterans. Yeah. Interesting. And, and so then that led to some healthy conversation between him and I that he probably has needed to have for a while. Well, and that's a great point, too, is that acts of service like that can have a healing effect for us as well. It's not just about the people being served, but the ones who think they're showing up doing the service are often also the ones who experience their own rejuvenation of hope and new life Absolutely. and healing in their own ways. And like Larry's story is a great one. He probably, you know, those are stories that he didn't necessarily feel safe telling in other places or right? like he had to be with 
the other people who would really understand it, who had been through something similar. And he was probably doing, knowing Larry, he was doing that in a very compassionate way to try and connect and care for those people. Right. But I'm sure it was also, he would say, you know, if we twisted it out of him, that it was actually good for him in the end, too. And being a Vietnam vet, <laughs> Vietnam yeah. vets didn't share with anybody. Correct. And yeah. they didn't really start sharing until the last 10 or 15 years. So anyway, that whole thing went along. And we did this until, oh, uh, well, till 2016. When the next moment came, um, Larry was diagnosed in the mid part of 2016 with multiple myeloma, uh -huh. which is um, a blood cancer that he got as exposure to Agent Orange when he was in Vietnam. Oh, wow. And so the, in the beginning, it was an every week regime of chemo and doctor visits. And then after about six or nine months, it became once a month. But that was another turning point for us. Larry realized that he wasn't going to be able to continue these monthly or twice monthly. You know, we weren't going to be able to do that rigorous of help with veterans. So we both started thinking, what else could we do? Wow. And so, I mean, talk to me about all of that as well, though, just that diagnosis. Because, I mean, I'm sure that feels like it, um, a little death in its own way of just like this work that you were passionate about that you both, I'm sure, were really energized by. Yes. And then recognizing, like, you know what, we're entering into a new reality now because of Larry's illness. We can't do what we used to. That must have been really hard. I mean, not only just because of how terrifying it is to get a diagnosis like exactly. that but then you have the additional weight of wow like we can't even continue to do the things that we love to do and so um larry's oncologist told us that we needed to keep doing what we could do mm -hmm. but then larry mm -hmm. had remembered when i 20 years earlier when i'd had a change in careers i was thinking about seminary so he brought it up again and he said maybe this is the time that you're supposed to be going to seminary no way oh wow yeah he brought, he started that conversation interesting yeah and, and i all this occurred because his and and we're very open like this because he said i want to know that you have something meaningful to do after i'm not here because wow. we were given a two to five year prognosis at that point okay so his only goal then became will i see you graduate from seminary uh -huh. that's that's what it became wow and so this came out of just understanding it too, you know, Larry saying like, I want you to have ministry and things that you can be doing beyond, you know, after he passes, thinking that he only had two to five years left. Right. Let the record show that that was six years ago. Right. <laughs> and he's doing really well. Thanks God is good. God, God yeah. is good. Um, so, wow, that's just fascinating. I mean, and, and just how, how were you also thinking, did, did you at that time have a sense that maybe you know, some sort of seminary career ministry type work would include veterans work? Or were you kind of thinking we're done with that veteran stuff because we can't do it? Yeah, talk to me more about that. So I knew that I was going for the sole purpose and it was really hard for, I ended up picking Luther Seminary. They, they said, well, this is the chaplain track. And I said, no, I don't want to be a chaplain. Mm -hmm. I want to be a person that informs people in congregations about how, imagine how they might be able to help veterans and their families. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was always a part of this, this sense of call. This was always. It was never yeah. chaplain. It was a sense of my call. And so I said, plus I need to have an expedited program because again, of my husband's diagnosis, he has a goal of seeing me graduate. So this is a two-year initiative for yeah. me. And so Luther Seminary said, hey, We've got this program, Christian Ministry Program. That there's a few required courses, and then you build. You pick all the other courses that you want to do, and it was a perfect fit. Perfect. I really got out of it what I needed. But what was interesting was when I would share in my different courses, 
I ended up being in those the classmates. They I informed them about military stuff that they'd never even thought of. I'm sure. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it, so it was it was great. So wow, and so that has this like new life sense of it too. Of you, you know, you get you get to this point thinking like, wow, we can't continue leading these retreats like we once did. But then it's like, no, now God opens another door of this whole seminary career and you having this new vision, you and Larry together, of ways that you, as someone you know, engaged in um, professional ministry, uh, can then be serving, you know, helping the church connect with this type of work of service. Is that fair? That's, That's a good fair. way to put it? Yes. Okay. But then I know, uh, I know a little bit of the details. <laughs> that things didn't go um, perfectly smoothly with your candidacy committee, correct? Right. And for those that don't know what this is, Please. I also had also often felt called by God to become ordained. Um, I thought about this in the 70s when I was going into college, and then it came into my mind again when I was actually enrolled in seminary. And so um, I was um, entrance as a deacon candidate in the Rocky Mountain Senate. Mm -hmm. And we set out specific goals that were supposed to happen. And, and they knew also, as I told the seminary, that two years was my goal. Mm -hmm. And so um, it wasn't until I was halfway through with seminary in the summer of 2018 that it became obvious that my vision of becoming a deacon and the Rocky Mountain Synod's vision were completely different. Mm -hmm. And so then I had to make a decision to not pursue that because it was going to... The, the breaking point for me was that I was going to be asked to learn about things serving veterans that everybody else was asking me questions for. Mm -hmm. And I was going to spend 1,000 to 1,200 hours doing that. Mm -hmm. And I had to weigh that and say, do I want to spend those hours with my husband or do I want to spend those hours in another Right. Yeah, absolutely. In doing this internship thing. When as so often, that's when I stepped away. Yeah, what often can happen too when people have – I know, right, like through that whole process is that, you know, you were really trying to do something very important and, and very different, right? That the church really, you know, like we have different organizations and probably people doing it, but they didn't have a neat box to put the heat up. There was no box that I fit in. <laughs> and that always gets tricky for larger systems. And so eventually it just kind of comes to a point where you're like, you know what, like, I can't continue with this candidacy process. You completed the degree oh, yeah. at Luther, yes. but this whole candidacy process is the process the church has for becoming ordained within the church. Correct. But so then you have this Master of Divinity degree. Is that the one, right? Master of Divinity or Master of Arts, Arts and Religion? Yeah. Yeah, Master of Arts. Um, great master's degree from Luther Seminary, very you know renowned institution. But you're kind of thinking like, well, what? Now what? <laughs> now what? Because I'm sure that felt like another another little death, right? Like another dead end of like. Well, that, I'd say big. Okay. okay. I, I was I was pretty upset for about 18 months how yeah. this played out. Absolutely. But Absolutely. I do want to name the bishop in our synod made me a promise. He was a part of all this, and he mm -hmm. said, "We need to have some healing take place here and some forgiveness, but this is all going to work out in the end." Hmm. And so then in February of 2020, um, toward this is all going to work out in the end, he's um, asked to meet with Pastor Gary here at Bethany and mm -hmm. myself um, in late February 2020. Notice the date. Mm -hmm. and, and we did. <laughs> and we sat, and it was supposed to be two hours. He had a flight at, out of DIA, and we spent three and a half hours. And Gary and I kept looking at him, don't you? Oh, we're good. We're good. And we we flowcharted what Veterans Servant Corps project was going to no look like. No way. Yeah, we did. What right it there. is now, I mean, it's got a few additional arms, but basically what it is is what we brainstormed. 
Wow. So you, you, you had 18 months. 18 months. Of The way I like to talk about it is 18 months of Holy Saturday. Yeah. Right? Like it, that Jesus is, is in the tomb. The t- right? Like he's idea. dead and it looks like all, you yeah. know, the world all is over. All is lost. Yeah. I yeah. Did. 18 yeah. months of that. Yeah. And then, but then, you know, in conversation with the bishop and this conversation with Pastor Gary on that late day in late February, you start to think about what this could look like. In terms of a, a a ministry of the Rocky Mountain Synod, yes. right? Yes. That specifically is serving veterans. So what you kind of why you went out to seminary in the first place was to That's do right. something That's like right. this to create something like this. Yeah, to yeah. connect the church with service to veterans specifically, in a real tangible ministry focused way. And so that is what late February, and then it's just smooth sailing from there, right? Late February oh, yeah. twenty twenty, nothing else just happened. Nothing else happened in our world. <laughs> So then in March, the pandemic hits, and I'm going to Larry, oh, this is unbelievable, and wringing my hands, and oh, this went on for a whole month, and finally, at the end of March, Larry said two things, we need to get outside, and you need to think about something else here, but he did say, I heard about this thing called Zoom. And do you think that there's anything you could possibly do to move this initiative forward with Zoom? And then I'm very technical. Okay. And I went, oh, Larry, that's really a brilliant idea because there's 10 conferences around the Rocky Mountain Senate that across Utah, Wyoming, uh-huh. Colorado, New Mexico, and El Paso, Texas. If it wouldn't have been a pandemic, they would have all been expecting me to come in person. Correct. But now They're all I on have Zoom. permission to meet with all of them in Zoom. Uh-huh. And nobody took offense or thought it was extraordinary or anything. And so then um, Rocky Mountain Synod initially approved that in May of 2020. Okay. And then in October of 2020, it became an official ministry of the Rocky Mountain Synod. Unbelievable. What an incredible resurrection story. As we said, that's what, uh, this is one of the reasons I really wanted to bring Vicki on was just because I knew, I knew some of those pieces of just how this had had a real up and down, yeah. like we it said, a, a holy been... Saturday of 18 months, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but some real resurrection at the end of it of you, you know, one, like providing something for the Rocky Mountain Synod that is just so incredible and such a gift and, and such a, you know, a feather in the hat of the Synod too, Absolutely. that we have a program like We're that. We're the only Synod that exactly. has Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But that also, it fits so well within this story that God's been authoring in your life since 2011. Exactly. Right? Like God this is so plan. cool. God had a plan. God had a plan. <laughs> it didn't feel that way for about 18 months, but God had a plan. But yeah. then, so like what beautiful examples of the resurrection as we think about what does resurrection look like? Well, there's like six examples in this story alone. But then, even furthermore, tell us about the real like resurrection work that Veteran Servant Corps does. Because that's the really way that I think about it, is you are bringing hope and healing and new life to these veterans who are hurting and struggling. So tell us just about what that exactly looks like in practice. Well, we decided um, a board was formed then after October of 2020, and now there's people from every region of the Rocky Mountain Senate except for Wyoming and New Mexico. Awesome. And wow. I had already figured out retreats were one of our tenants. Okay. Because I'd saw, seen the power of those retreats. Yeah. Um, I also knew that we'd had to provide education to faith leaders because the VA is mm. out there and the VA does help veterans, but only about 50% of all veterans ever visit a VA. Wow. It's, oh, wow. It's known that the other 50% generally, generally look for some kind of a faith leader. And, but what if 
a veteran shows up or a military member shows up here and you don't have any military experience and you don't know what to say, you know, to welcome them back and all that. So there's training that's available for faith leaders. So that was wonderful. Wonderful. And then we need to have celebrations um, for veterans, especially around Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Yeah. So we provide... Um, Right now, we already have on the webpage, we already have suggestions for Memorial Day. And then come about September, we'll start coming up with stuff on the website for Veterans Day. Unbelievable. Because we don't want to go to a church and say, this is, this is what you need to do in your church. They mm -hmm. know their community better than we do. So we just want to get the information out there and then encourage and help them if they think of some ministry that they want to do. So that's fantastic. And, and how has it... How's it been so far? What, um, you know, what are your learnings or your joys? What's been good? What's still in development? Tell us just a little bit about how it's been. I have a couple of favorite stories. One of them was we decided that we needed to get some name tags. And so since I got my name tag, I've been wearing it around Bethany every time that I'm mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm. Maybe four or five weeks ago now, a woman that was a visitor to Bethany saw my name tag, and she looked for me after church, but she couldn't find me. Oh, no. So on Monday, she called the church office, and she got Sarah. Uh -huh. And she said, my father is at the VA home by Fitzsimmons Hospital, and they started Catholic worship services again, but not Protestant services. Can you help? Wow. And so we found a whole new ministry of a veteran servant corps project. Yeah. Because we can help. I found a pastor in the ELCA, Rocky Mountain Senate, that's really closely located. He's going to go there once a month to provide Protestant services to that group of veterans. And we're going to pay a stipend and any of the material needs that he needs. Unbelievable. We're going to give that a six-month trial period. And then we're going to go to the other nine places in the Rocky Mountain Senate and see if they want a similar type of ministry. Absolutely. And oh, that's, that's wonderful. I wore a name tag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just goes to show you. What a great story. That's amazing. And I mean, good for her too, tracking you down like that as well. That's really and funny. Not, I followed up with her. She's very tenacious in her father's <laughs> behalf. And then the other story I'm going to share, it happened, this story happened over months. My um, brother lives in western uh, Nebraska, and we, of course, live in the Denver area. And so we meet in the eastern plains of Colorado um, to have breakfast or, or lunch on a monthly basis. Nice. Last fall, one of these places, and I'm, it's a small place, so that's why I'm leaving it not named. <laughs> one of these places, we're sitting there, and my brother and sister-in-law were late. And Larry doesn't have an, he makes a friend of everybody. So he started talking to everyone in the restaurant while we were waiting. Well, one of the guys he talked to is the head of American Legion in this small town. Uh -huh. And so it was in October, and then I had commitments. So we decided the first of the year we were going to reconnect and that Larry and I would come out there. Mm -hmm. We did that in February. We showed up to this place. And this place isn't very big, but it took us stopping at three places before we actually found the location of this meeting. Um, it's quite embarrassing. And finally we found it, and they didn't have it catered. They brought in people that were members of this group, made us a home-cooked meal. Oh, wow. And treated us like a queen and a king. Yeah. And they invited um, some auxiliary members to come in, and we were just there. And then I started just, I kind of feel the room and I, I thought this is more like a retreat situation than a teaching situation to where mm. I just need to get these people to talk. Nice. And one guy was brave enough to share that he had, and I mean, we were in conversation for a while before he told us this, but that he had thought had thoughts of suicide yeah. as a veteran. 
um, because he was a truck driver and now because of, of that job he has diabetes and he's no longer able to be a truck driver and so now he's struggling in a small town to make his house payments and food and what was amazing is Larry and I didn't say anything else the people around the table heard their friends say this and they started brainstorming solutions to help him yeah yeah and it was, and I gave him, I've never done this before, but I gave that veteran my personal phone number to say, if you need any Anything. help or struggling, Good please don't. Haven't heard a word. So I know things are okay. Yeah. Because I connect with this person that got me there in the first place. Yeah. And then I'm walking out, and this, um, one of the people that were there just kind of like they're going to shake my hand, but instead they slip a $100 bill in my hand to go toward the cause. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was one of the most amazing visits that we've had. Well, and what I love about it, too, is it is such an example, as we've been talking about the whole time, of resurrection as well, that, that resurrection happens in community. Yeah. You know, we, we celebrated it here this last Sunday with Easter Sunday, and it was incredible to see so many people back in church and to join in that joy. Loved it. But your story as well of just the fact that we can bring that healing and hope to one another. And when, and when communities work together that's when that healing and hope can really take hold. Which, which is part of, I'm sure, what this project is designed to do is to connect veterans with one another, to give veterans a whole support system of, of people that have their back that are going to you know, coordinate to set up so that there can be Protestant worship services at the VA for this woman's uh, father, right? Like all of that, all of that is how resurrection continues to happen. Is through, as we, right, like we say, it's a, God's work our hands we really believe that, that God's work of resurrection continues to happen through our hands um, when we're willing to allow the Spirit to work through us like that and to respond to God's call. Like, I want to affirm that in you too, Vicki. Like, this started because you and Larry um, were convicted by this presentation back in 2011, and you sensed that God was calling you to do something. And God clearly was. He clearly was. And it's, it hasn't been. God's call is never easy, right? Like it's, it's not always a straight line. Um, and there's often times in the belly of the whale like Jonah or wherever else. Uh, but yeah, but it still happens. And I'm just so, yeah, what a beautiful story. I'm so grateful for you and for Larry and the way that you've given your life to this for all the great work that you're doing as a process. And just thank you so much for sharing um, just a snippet of this with us. You bet. My Please pleasure. give us, um, where can we go to learn more? Is there a website or a Facebook group? Where's the best way that people can find out more? Just, um, if you just Google Veteran Servant Corps Project, make sure and put project at the end because there is a Veteran Servant Corps. Um, and the website, it'll take you right there and you can find more information about what we're doing. If you'd feel called to donate or anything like that, it also has contact information for me if you'd like to get in touch with me and have me come to your place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you ever, if you're here attending worship on campus at Bethany Lutheran Church, just look for Vicki. She's the one with the name tag. That says Veteran Servant Corps. <laughs> um, but Vicki, thanks for coming on the podcast. Listeners, thank you uh, for taking part and listening to this today. Stay in peace. <laughs>